This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. So it's a point on the board and it's the warm-up episode 115. It's Brady and Tom. It's the Norwich City preview. Tom, how are you doing? I'm going to mix it up and jump in there first. Tom, how are you? It caught me off guard there, Brady. I'm not bad, mate. How are you doing? We've got a lovely guest this evening, haven't we? We do have a lovely guest. I'm, I'm good, Tom. Good to hear you're good. And our lovely guest is indeed the second tier's Justin Peach. Justin, welcome to the show. Your first one of this season. How are you doing? Yeah, really good, really good. It's been an interesting start to the championship and there's been a, a torrent of abuses to be expected, but none from Huddersfield fans. So it's a big smile from, from me today. Well, you know, we've got 45, probably 50 minutes here. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Justin's wondering what he's in for, but don't worry, it's not that bad. Um, <laughs> but we will, we will just hold on. We're going home to the John Smith Stadium, that is, because Huddersfield are hosting Norwich City this Saturday. It's the Terriers versus the Canaries, Neil Warnock versus David Wagner, and they've got players called Gun and Sergeant. So, Tom, could this be a bit of a battle? <laughs> uh, oh. the, yeah, thank you very much. The Canaries have certainly taken off this season as Norwich are unbeaten in all competitions with three wins and a draw. And that draw was a four-all humdinger away to Southampton. And that was their only away match so far this season. So can we expect something similar? Uh, Justin, impressive start from Norwich. Uh, is there anything to make from their start to the season? Because I know you weren't too hot on them. Yeah, well, we predicted them to finish 19th and mainly because we weren't particularly confident with David Wagner. I think if we consider that his spells in at previous clubs has been pretty poor, if we're being honest, pretty poor at Young Boys, at Schalke, since obviously leaving Huddersfield. Um, and then obviously going into last season with Norwich, again, really, really poor. Um, a really sackable form, if we're being honest. Um, we weren't particularly hot. And the signings have been industrial they've been industrial which is which is fine but we we just felt Norwich needed a little bit more quality but the start of the season has been terrific they surprised us incredibly um you know by an incredible amount and they are one of the teams to beat so far this season because I say they've been fantastic yeah Tom hearing that does that scare you ahead of Saturday uh, no, not really. I feel like this is going to be my um, soundbite of the season <laughs> because Warnock's in charge. <laughs> I feel like Warnock had Wagner's n- number every game we played against Warnock whenever we faced him under under when we had David. So I think there's a little bit of kind of hope there for me because I can't remember. I mean, we never beat Cardiff. In, we didn't beat Cardiff in the Prem, did we? We got battered by him at the end of the season we went up. Um, and then, uh, I can't remember, I don't think we normally, we lost the Wales 
oh, Billing scored that, didn't he? But so I just think, yeah, there's it's one of those. That's my little my little hope going into into Saturday, I guess. Um, um, and they've they've got a very good team, but I have I've seen kind of a lot of their fans questioning whether there's any depth there as well. So it's it's kind of it's one of those if you you kind of hoping maybe you, you that you're doing off day and they don't really have anyone to to kind of come off and impact or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, he's he's hoping. Um, I mean, Justin, how do you feel about this Norwich team from a from a town perspective? Then you mentioned how they've started well and their signings have been industrial, but do you see any weaknesses in the team that we can look to exploit? Yeah, there are certainly weaknesses. If you're looking at Jack Stacey, for example, being a wing backer, an adventurous wing back, he's going to get up that flank quite often. So Neil Warnock's going to see that and, and think, well, if we leave. If we leave uh, a wide player in, in an advanced area on that right hand side, there's space to exploit on the counter, uh, and it might well occupy Jack Stacey and re- restrict him going forwards into those into that final third area where he can where he can cause a lot of damage. Um, I think uh, again that they're, they're very good at, at turning possession over, and I think the way Huddersfield will set up. Bear in mind, I did think this about Millwall. I thought Millwall would be defensively incredibly resolute and and, and make it really difficult for Norwich because Norwich have been really good on the counter attack so far this season. Um, they, they've had a fair share of possession, but they're really good at turning possession over quickly in that final third. Um, and it's quite striking how quickly they can get into that into into dangerous areas. Um, so that yeah, there are obvious strengths. But with that, if if Huddersfield defend as deep as a Neil Warnock team can do, it's going to restrict that space. We like we know that Warnock can uh, mix the game up as well. Can, you can play it long um, and into and play the percentages, which might well play against Norwich because they played against Hull who like to play on the ground they played against Southampton who like to play on the ground and they've obviously played against Millwall who were just completely hopeless at the weekend so yeah there are obvious weaknesses there and I think they're particularly in the way that Huddersfield might set up it could yeah it could really exploit or ask a lot of questions about Norwich and make it really uncomfortable which again could fall in Huddersfield's favour there you go. Tactics for Saturday. Get it forward. Get it launched. In air. Uh, I like it. I like it. Um, but Tom, did you see that? I think the ball, the fictional ball rolled out for a corner there. So uh, that can mean only one thing. What does it mean, Tom? It's time for History Corner. Tom's History Corner. Have we got a jingle for this yet, Brady? Have I just made one up? On we spot? do. I had it in afterwards. So um, don't worry, mate. Panic right. not. I'm obviously listening to the podcast after it's Yeah, done. good for um, good you to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, interestingly, I mean, last week we had a team that we played over 100 times. This week, we've not even played Norwich over 50 times. We have only played Norwich 47 times in a competitive fixture. Um, Norwich currently pipping it. Uh, we've won 13 drawn 18 and lost 16. First ever meeting was as recently as 1960, Brady, where Town lost 2-0 away. Um, and then it took Town two years to get their first win. And that was another 2-1 win. Uh, another win away, sorry, a game away. A 2-1 win in the same division, Division 2 at the time. Um, during the 60s, Town only lost three games in 20 meetings, winning on seven. And then, but since the seventies, Town have only won six times against Norwich, um, losing thirteen of those meetings. Um, unfortunately, those goals in this fixture came only two years ago. That beautiful night away um, during COVID, so there was thankfully at least there wasn't any fans in the ground to witness it. I don't think was there, or was it, or was it just that horrible? I just ignored it anyway. But. Um, I think it's two, a seven nil loss. I feel like there wasn't anyone there. Was the people there yet? I don't know. But it was the seven nil defeat under Carlos two years ago um, at Carrow Road. Um, number of players have played for both. Obviously, all very recently. I mean, Jordan Rhodes again pops up. That's two weeks in a row now. Jordan Rhodes, um, Pilkington left town to go to Norwich. Absolutely good about that at the time. Um, he's kind of. Famous moment for Norwich as well was uh, scoring the winner in that 1-0 win against Manchester United in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grant Holt made over 150 appearances for Norwich and was loaned out to town in 2014. Do you have any favourite 
Grant Holt memories for Town Brady? No, I, I don't. <laughs> um, all I remember is obviously, didn't he become a wrestler after he retired? Yeah, he did. I <laughs> and I, I, was that his celebration? Because I feel like when he came to town, he was closing closing the end, and he was really showing off these wrestling moves that he had. And I'm, or maybe that was just him falling over all the time on the pitch, looked like a wrestling move. Um, you and Roberts, your lookalike pops up again, Brady. Mm-hmm. Um, so after town, um, oh sorry, Norwich are the team that he's played for the most. Um, and then it's town to over 250 games for Norwich and 84 goals. Quite a good return, that, isn't it? James Vaughan, yeah. signed, we signed him from Norwich. He only made five appearances for them. Jacob Butterfield only made two appearances for Norwich, but he, he sneaks onto the list there. Um, and then the the furthest back one I could find when I gave up and I couldn't be bothered anymore was David Phillips, who uh, played for both teams in the 90s. Don't know if you can think of any others. I've missed off the list. I don't know. Yeah, Pilk's the one that springs to mind. I remember watching when he scored um, that winner against Man U. I remember being like, I, think, I can't remember how old I was, but I remember being like really proud because he'd played for town, <laughs> which says a lot, <laughs> probably says a lot about our fortunes. Um, mm. Yeah, I don't know. Am I missing anyone obvious, Tom? I, think I mean, that's that's all I've got. Oh, Denel Sonani. Sorry. Ah, of course. How can we forget? Do you know he played more games for us? So he played nearly twice as many games for us as he did for Norwich, and he was um, he were only on loan for us for a season. I think that probably tells you about the quality. Of <laughs> uh, he was all right. I don't know. I'd have him back to be fair. Um, I don't know. I know he didn't do much at Wigan. Um, Tom, the question everyone wants to know, their listeners, is: Has Alan Lee scored against them for Huddersfield Town? Um, do you know what? I forgot to look that up this oh, week. <laughs> but I'm gonna say no, because I think I'm I think I'm pretty good with my Alan Lee knowledge, and I don't think he ever scored against Norwich for town. He oh, probably has scored against he, Norwich. He is former Ipswich, so yeah. Oh. yeah. He must have popped up in a derby at some point, Justin, mustn't it? Actually, yeah. didn't he play for Norwich as well? Alan Lee. Tom, I thought Alan Lee was your mastermind subject. You've got to be telling me. And the he did play for Norwich. He did play for Norwich. There you go. That's the, that was the trick question. I was waiting for you to say, oh, what about Alan Lee, Tom? <laughs> and Alan Lee, add that one on the end, Brady. Cut and paste. Alan Lee also played for Norwich. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, as well, you could have, did he score an own goal? Because technically it counts. Um, but yeah, no... <laughs> <laughs> Very smooth, um, but we will uh, we'll come back to Norwich and players they did or didn't play for, players they play for currently. Um, Justin, we talked about their weaknesses, but what are, what are Norwich's strengths? What what are town fans uh, need to be worried about? Well, Jonathan Rowe has been in incredible form this season. He's he's a young player who's come through the ranks. He's having a breakout season so far. He's I think he's the first player since Timo Puki, although that wasn't long ago, to score. And he's first four games of the season which is an incredible incredible feat and his goals are well taken as well going to his goal against Millwall really tidy footwork and a lovely delicate finish um he scored a screamer as well I think it was against QPR in the in the League Cup um or it might have been the the game of the weekend before that but he's been on fire he's been on form and he's going to be a real danger and obviously David Wagner has got a system in place that is yeah he's causing a lot of damage Gabriel Sara other than Keenan Dewsbury, always probably been the best midfielder in the division so far. Um, I saw Canary Cast, they put out a, a stat. I think he's created 16 chances so far in the league this season. We've played three games, which is just astonishing levels of creativity. So there, there are two players there going forward that so are going to be a real sticky point. I've mentioned Jack Stacey and his ability to get uh, get forward as well. So, yeah, they, they, they've, they've been in fine form. Josh Sargent's. Um, obviously, he scored a he scored a header against Millwall, which is which is good for him because he needs to get in goal scoring form. And Ashley Barnes is an absolute nuisance for any team, isn't he? Because he runs and he kicks, and I don't think he bites. But I wouldn't put it past him to at least um, at least think about it. Yeah, he uh, kissed, he kissed a player, didn't he? Famously, <laughs> I can't remember. Uh, mm. so 
And another player we were rumoured, well, I don't know how strong, but I think maybe it was just a case of town fans would have him, even though he would never come to Huddersfield, unfortunately. Um, Tom, obviously the, the main talking point, I suppose, for neutrals around this is, is, is David Wagner coming back. I know he came back last season, um, although it was a weird weird game, really, because um, we were rubbish, and let's be honest, many people didn't go. Um, are you... How are you feeling about that one? Because like, I'm going on Saturday and it'll be the first time I've seen him properly in the opposition dugout. So how are you feeling about it? Yeah, I, I think it's... Um, I mean, I mean, you look at all the backroom staff now and everything, it's, um, it's almost identical now to the setup that they had that got him promoted with town, which is a bit... That's, that's more... That's getting me a bit more... There's no loyalty in football, is there, Brady? <laughs> um, so I don't know. I, I I think it'll be interesting. I think I'm I'm starting to I'm starting to listen to Lee Morris a lot more on Twitter when he says okay. managers managers go. I think like did someone just tweeted about it? Oh, what are you gonna? Oh, it might be natural to our question about David Wagner. Maybe I'll bring it up in a bit, but Lee's, I think it was like, shock horror, manager goes to another team or something like that. It's like, yeah, I guess, I guess so, Lee. That's kind of kind of right. Um, but it's going to be interesting at Bueller and the gang and everyone there. So um, I, I worry just a bit about Clem kind of being there now and if if he's going to know what how to get past Lee Nichols, obviously <laughs> it's going to be mm. shared, isn't it, in the, in the dressing room. So... Yeah, I no no I do I do agree with it. I suppose it's um, yeah, it's always going to happen. I think it's just like you say. I mean, it's basically a town. The the backroom stuff is just like a town greatest hits, isn't it? You got a goalkeeping coach, you got Chicho who was there last season, who's hit, who's there. Now. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just um, yeah, it's just Huddersfield Central. So um, yeah. I'm sure it'd be the same if we had the players that Norwich wanted. But uh, yeah, no, it, it will be weird seeing Wagner. Um, but I think it's funny, isn't it? Because I feel like I get quite defensive about David Wagner. I remember when I spoke last season about um, to uh, to a journalist who covers Norwich, and I was just like, you know, he, I want him to do well at Norwich because I feel like he's, you know, not had the best track record after he's left Huddersfield. And I, I think, you know, Schalke. I mean, we've touched on this, but. That club was a basket case, and he did very well at the first start of the season, and then like found protests mm. and stuff because of the board, and it kind of all unraveled. Young boys, he didn't do as bad as people said. Um, so yeah, I yeah, I, I realise I'm quite biased, but I would like Norwich to do quite well just just for for David's sake, really, because I, I do think he's a good manager and he's a he's a bit underrated, I think. Um, mm. But yeah, anyway, Tom, um, we will go and hear from Norwich fans and see what they think of Dave Wagner because it's time for the fan phone-in. So very carefully, because before we started recording, <laughs> we had a little uh, little slip. Who did you speak to? I spoke to Adam from Pinken. Um, it's like a podcast uh, fanzine about Norwich. Very interesting stuff on their site if you want to check it out. But yeah, here's the call I had with Adam. Hello, this is Tom Bradshaw, and you're listening to the Fan Phone-In. Hello, caller. Tell us about your team. Hi, Adam. Thanks for joining us. Hello, Huddersfield Town fans. Adam Harvey here from the Pink, and uh, Tom's kindly invited me on to, to give some thoughts on Norwich City ahead of our clash at the John Smiths on Saturday. Right. Um, first up, what positives can you take from last season? What positives do I take from last season? Yeah, I'm scraping the barrel a bit for these ones. It was a, a really difficult season for everyone connected with the football club. I mean, coming down from the Premier League, of course, the expectation is that you'll be in and around the top six. Uh, Dean Smith got sacked around the January time when we were sort of heading down towards mid-table. We, of course, brought in a man that I'm sure Huddersfield fans know well, David Wagner, and he got it sort of going a little bit for a period of time and then towards the end of the season just one win in 11 and it was very grim a toxic place going to Cow Road the fans were sort of turning against our sporting director Stuart Webber which is also a man I'm sure Huddersfield fans know and it, it wasn't a nice place to be I'd say the one or two positives probably are Gabriel Sara who we brought in from Brazil who second half of last season really was a shining light in a pretty 
pretty dire team. It was a team that was really lacking energy and sort of creativity, but he was the one constant who I think probably got Norwich fans off their seat and he started this season in similar fashion and uh, he's a man I'm hoping we'll keep hold of before the end of the transfer window. And I'd say probably David Wagner's arrival, as much as it didn't really pan out for him uh, in the second half of last season, we're we're slowly starting to see sort of the fruits, I suppose, of him now finally having a team that's kind of his team. He's almost laid a, a little bit of a stamp on it and I think we're now starting to see the benefits of that. Yeah, well, um, as everyone will have heard in this this podcast, we know a lot about David and we obviously absolutely adore him at Huddersfield. So um, having said all that just then about last season, what are you looking forward to most about this season coming? Um I think it's probably almost the the fact we've got no real expectations on us. We're we're quite free in that we're not now the Leicesters or the Southamptons or the Leeds where they've come down from the Premier League. There's an expectation they're gonna you know go straight back up. We've not really spent any money. Uh, we've just bought one player for for a fee this whole summer transfer window so far, and that was Christian Fasnacht. But of course, we've made more money than that because we've we've sold the likes of Max Aaron's and. The likes of Milot Rashica, which for sort of big fees, so there's no expectation. So I think in some ways that that often bodes well for Norwich. The the season under Daniel Farker in 2018-19 when we won the title, that was the year that most sort of Championship fans or pundits were were sort of putting Norwich in the mid-table bracket, and we ended up going on to win the title. And it was such a brilliant season, arguably the best of my Norwich City supporting years. So. Yeah, I think that's probably what I'd say. Um, Gabriel Sarra is the other positive, I think. He, he's just an unbelievable player who is far too good for the Championship. And I think he's he's Premier League bound, whether that be with Norwich City at the end of the season or you know, a move via, via a transfer because he's a, a seriously talented player. So they're probably the two positives, I'd say, that I'm looking forward to this season. So then, who is your favourite Norwich player this season coming and why? Favourite player and why? Well, I've mentioned him a few times, Gabriel Sara, but I think I'm going to go with Johnny Rowe. Uh, he's got four goals in four games already this season. A 20-year-old winger who's come through our academy, been with the club sort of since, I think, the age of 10. Uh, he's had a really rough upbringing, a really difficult upbringing, which um, I think now to see him in the first team as a shining light, it's just been, it's just been brilliant. Uh, a man who made his debut actually in the Premier League for us a couple of years back, but... Last season was kind of stifled a bit for him because he just suffered injuries and never really made any first-team appearances, a few off the bench here and there, but nothing nothing to sort of tangibly show the quality that he's got. And hopefully for us, he can maintain the form he's showing at the moment because he's, he's a man who's just playing with freedom. Um, he, every single time he gets the ball, the Norwich fans get off their seats, there's an excitement, a buzz around him. And and that's quite beautiful to watch. So I think he's the man um, that I'm looking at. And if he can continue this goal threat, then I think Norwich could potentially be pushing for top six. So what are your thoughts on Sir David's start to the season? Three wins, one draw if you include all competitions. And the draw away at Southampton were a 4-4 thriller. And, and that was a game that, as much as the draw was probably the fair result, it was actually a couple of poor refereeing decisions that cost us that day. So you... There's an argument to say that he probably should have should have uh, four wins out of four, which is um, quite miraculous when you consider at the end of last season one win in eleven and the fans turning against the sort of the players and the the hierarchy at the football club, the ownership, and it now feels like we've kind of got that united feel back, which I'd imagine lots of Huddersfield fans felt under David Wagner in that sort of successful season you had in the Championship all those years ago. Um, it just feels a really different place as the mood around the football club, the fan base it, it is really much drastically, well, drastically different from last season. And I think, yeah, he's now, you can see the benefits of him having a full transfer window, a full pre-season. The players look fitter, the mentality, the hunger, the desire, the passion it is back. Um, I think the fans are now starting to buy into the playing style a little bit because that was something that was heavily criticised at the start of last season uh, when Wagner arrived or, or midway through last season when he arrived. A lot of Norwich fans kind of got so used to Daniel Farker's kind of high possession, high pr- sort of press football, which, I mean, obviously Wagner's got elements of that, but the possession element probably less so. Um, and we looked like a side that didn't really, or wasn't capable of scoring goals, uh, or maybe 
trying to be more defensively resolute, which obviously is often a, a successful tool to get out of the championship, but it's not something that I think is a Norwich brand of football, but sort of as the start of the season has shown, we now look like a squad that can score goals for fun. I mean, three goals against Millwall, four away at Southampton, two against Hull. Um, it's quite drastically different, and I think David Wagner deserves a lot of credit. Who's your favourite signing this summer? I think it's probably a man who's yet to play, actually. He got injured in pre-season. Uh, Borja signs. He's a young Spanish winger, 22 years of age. We brought him in from Turkey. He had a clause in his contract with uh, Goranaspor that meant Norwich could pick him up on a free after they got relegated. And he scored, I think it was double figures in goals last year in the Super League in Turkey. And he looks like a really seriously talented player. I'm really excited to see him pull on the Norwich City shirt for the first time in a competitive fixture because um, everything about him just, I think, is sort of embodies what Norwich players are supposed to be. Exciting, get bums off seats. and He probably fits the bill. There's a few, I suppose, household names that we've brought in, the likes of Ashley Barnes, Shane Duffy, Jack Stacey, which maybe to the outside eye don't really sort of I suppose pull pull any attention but they've all been absolutely superb so far um, I think Ashley Barnes his character around the group you can see it rubbing off on on young players and I think for that you've got to say that the transfer business which has often been a criticism I'd say of recent years has been absolutely spot on and what's your expectations of your first full season of David Wagner football expectations for the season I mean, I wouldn't really say there are any. I think it's very much... I've seen championship sort of predictions that put Norwich in the top six. Some putting us down as low as, like, 20th. Um, but personally, I, th- I think we've got to be challenging for the top six. I think if we can keep hold of Gabriel Saro before the end of the window, Johnny Rowe continues his form. Um, Josh Sargent can get double figures. He's already got two goals so far this season. I see no reason why Norwich can't be challenging. I think the home form is crucial. Uh, That was the biggest issue for us last season and and two wins out of two so far at Carrow Road. And if you can back that up with, you know, points on the road, which I think under David Wagner, that's probably been the one thing we have seen so far throughout his reign at Norwich is he's very good at getting results on the road. So it's all looking positive. I'm, I'm quietly confident that we might be in the top six. Of course, lots of can change, you know, a couple of injuries or... You know, a bad patch of form and, and things can dip. But at the moment, while the mood's high, um, I'd say most fans are optimistically hopeful we'll be in the top six. And finally, what's your score prediction for Saturday? Score prediction for Saturday? Um, yeah, I mean, Huddersfield obviously has been a difficult start to the season for you guys. Just uh, one point on the board. Uh, I'm a big fan of Neil Warnock. I think he's a great character and... Um, I think he's someone who's been linked with the Norwich job at different points throughout his managerial career, never never materialised. Um, but I think given the form we're in at the moment, it's really difficult to predict anything about a Norwich win. Um, I think the way we're playing, the confidence in the group, yeah, I, I struggle to see see that sort of capitulating, I suppose, on Saturday. But of course, it's the championship and anything can happen. And uh, I'm certainly not underplaying Huddersfield and, and what they're, what a similar or difficult test it will be, which I think we saw probably last season at the, at the you know the, the fixture at the John Smiths in the 1-1 draw where as much as we were very good on the night at times, you know, we got punished for one poor mistake and, and that can, you know, that's what, I suppose what can happen where, when you're playing good teams in the championship. So I'm going to go 2-0 Norwich, 2-0 Norwich. I think we're yet to keep a clean sheet in the league, um, and I think this is probably the game. If David Wagner can get it set up right, uh, I could see us going and picking up all three points. And who knows, that might even be enough to take us top of the league by Saturday evening. So fingers crossed. Um, looking forward to a good game. Um, I suppose that rounds off. Thanks for inviting me on the channel. And hopefully you've all enjoyed my opinions. And there we go, Brady. Lovely stuff. Lovely stuff. Indeed, Tom, and well done for getting it right under the pressure of the older recording <laughs> button. I'm very impressed. Uh, I feel like they're just trying to trip you up with that, though, shortly. Yeah. Um, anyway, we will come on to another section because uh, we talked a little bit about David quite a bit. It's time for Connor's question. A few things, the things change, but also a lot of things are still the same. Obviously, it's Norwich, it's a lovely German man in the opposition dugout, so we want to know 
what is your favourite Huddersfield Town David Wagner memory that isn't the player final? Because, come on, yeah, we know, player final, best moment. But come on, let's be creative. Um, this one came up a lot, so I'm just going to just gonna get out of here. But Andy Kay um, buzzed in first, if you like, with this. He was like, the removal of the hat and the theatrical bow to the South Stand after beating the self-proclaimed biggest club in the world. wonder who's talking about that. Absolute pinch me is this real moment. Um, yeah, we've got quite a few about that, and I'll come on to you guys and see what your favourite moments were. Lee Morris <clears throat> talked about him earlier. He's getting a lot of shout-outs in this podcast. He said it was quite nice when he came back last season and got an ovation and pitch at half-time, emotionally even. Yeah, it was. I was at that game. That was, that was nice, actually, particularly how he, how he left. Um, yeah, it wasn't great. Joseph Ward says his post-match interview after the Cardiff game at the Johnson Stadium where Neil Warnock knocked on his door and told him to hurry up. Brilliant Warnock at his best. Yep, absolutely. That was a that was a classic one. Um, did he say I'll tell you to beat Wednesday? I think that's what he said. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Maybe maybe did help him. Um, but yeah, Tom, what's your favourite David Wagner memory at Huddersfield? Uh, I'm just staring at a photo with him now in a Norwich shirt. It's like and I'm just feeling really sad about it. <laughs> I just enjoyed everything with him. He was just such a nice man, wasn't he? Like um, that time when he came in, the like I just it's just actually incredible how quickly the whole club got behind the idea of it. Like everything kind of cliche like fell into place in it, and it was just it was just brilliant. I've never felt so united as a a town fan base and with the players and everything. So, um, favorite moment, oh, um, man, I think I, I, I was at the, the Chelsea away game where we stayed up and just the scenes after that were just absolutely brilliant. And every Wagner wave as it got coined was probably one of my favorite things to be part of. I think. Brady, you're muted. Yeah, I was trying to trying to unmute. It's not letting me. There we go. Oh. Uh, yeah, I was trying to unmute. <laughs> Successful there. Um, but yeah, uh, no, that was a really nice moment. I remember watching that game, uh, and my stepdad was watching it at his, and uh, we're just on the phone to each other as that Chelsea game's getting uh, getting announced, and we're just like, I can't believe it! Can't believe it! Like, just you know, <laughs> it got higher and higher the the more the. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's incredible. Um, my favourite, this is just basically so I can show it off, but I think this touches on how nice a bloke he was. I actually met him uh, in Huddersfield train, train station. See, I'm getting emotional just talking about it now. Uh, I met him <laughs> in Huddersfield train station before our home game against Liverpool. And I was like, obviously, there's a lot made about him and Klopp and their friends. And I was like, oh, is he meeting Jürgen sneakily before they play? And um, yeah, I got a picture with him and just spoke to him for a couple of minutes. And he was just really nice, like... You could tell he was like, Oh, I kind of don't want to be seen, but he was still giving, mm. like, you know, in case it alerts other people, but he was still yeah. making the time for me. Um, and yeah, he was, he was just a really nice bloke. And like, I don't know, it's just, um, it's, it's, I always feel like I always, I never normally ask for, uh, like pictures with people, but it was just like, he made me feel like okay to ask, which I think just kind of tells you about, about the bloke. Um, Justin, what about what about yourself? What's your? I realise you're not a town fan, but what's your favourite memory of Wagner when he was out here? Yeah, I can certainly fill in here. Um, it was the the lead sprint down the touchline. Uh, was it Helix scored the winner uh, in Heffler. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's Helix Heffler. Yeah, Heffler. Um, Heffler scoring the winner, and then just the pandemonium that ensued. Wagner sprinting down the touchline, and then the the afters, the scenes that we're told that we don't want to see, but we all really want to see it, especially <laughs> yeah. in a derby, especially as a neutral as well. When I don't think much happened in that game by way of creative quality of the typical derby, um, if I can remember uh, it rightly. And then obviously that happening was was a nice sort of raise of the raise of the heartbeat um, for for a neutral. And then, yeah, the the nice guy Wagner turning into the the villain somewhat. Although Gary Monk yeah. probably took it the wrong way. Bit too much, maybe a bit too sensitive, but yeah, that was a that was an interesting moment. <laughs> yeah, no, that was good. The thing is, as well, again, getting defensive here. Monk goes for the barge though, and that's why. Yeah, he <laughs> so, Monk I, I instigates he, the barge, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah, and um, wasn't he like wasn't Wagner banned for a couple of games? 
touchline banned, weren't they, for that? Possibly, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was full of great stuff, that game. It was the... I mean, we got It's a Fucking Dream from that game. Heffley, yeah. with his interview yeah. at the end, swearing on Sky. Uh, you had Gary... What was Gary Monk's little phrase? It was like the guy from... Um, uh, what is it? <laughs> oh my god, what come down with me, isn't it? You lap grace and decorum. Oh, no, right. <laughs> you sounded like the guy at the end of Come Down With Me speaking to David Wagner at the end of that. I can't remember exactly what Gary Monk's words were, but they were quite funny. Um, what, a, what a brilliant derby it was! Yeah, that was that was great. I think like that's my peak. And when we talk about the highs, I feel like that was right up there. Yeah. Um, but you know, we might have a chance to make a own highs, you know, Neil won't a former team at Allen Road coming up soon, so yeah. who knows. Um, but yeah, we are approaching half-time here on the podcast, so if, like me, you nip down to the concourse on a match day, maybe head down a little bit sooner if the result's not going town's way, get to the bar, get yourself a refreshment. Um, obviously, there's the Magic Rock Bar at Huddersfield Town, but if you're not going to the game on Saturday, or, you know, got a little bit of time between now and the game, why don't you head to magicrockbrewing.com uh, enter our code AHTTC10 in your checkout and you'll get 10% off all online orders. So get it used, that works on anything, beers, merch, etc. There you go. Right, okay, we're going to come back and when we do, we'll talk about Huddersfield Town. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, we're back. We've changed halves. We're focusing on Huddersfield. Let's get to it. So um, before the podcast started, we uh, obviously we had a new sign-in. Woo! We signed someone finally. Please bring some more. Uh <laughs> Delzano Borgzerg made his debut at the weekend against Middlesbrough. And so we, I was very, I was very conscious about how to say that. Head of the show, we wanted to know, are you happy with the loan signing? Um, a resounding 83.8% said yes. 1.5% said no. And 14.6% said they were concerned by his stats. Um, Tom, what do you think about the new man because we did see him at the weekend uh you know half an hour or so but do you like what yeah, you saw i, I mean I, I don't think it was enough but i i i'm getting kind of paro vibes a little bit from him i think he, he doesn't look worried to run at people which i i quite like weirdly like i i Karoma and sauber are quick players but then they very rarely seem to run at a defender and try to take him on. So I I kind of think he's something that we are lacking. I mean, we kind of got Diara doing that in the middle, but he seems to be, you're going to put him more out wide, aren't you, when you're bringing him on, I think, um, at the moment. So, yeah, I, I, there's there's positives there. He could, he could be quite a useful player, I think. Um, the bits I did see from... Kind of the the highlight reel of what he's got. I mean, I mean, it's always going to show the little best bits that they've got. But when you see that, there's obviously something in there. Do you know what I mean? He's that there's the strength on the ball there. There's him beating players in really kind of close, confined spaces of the pitch. So yeah, I, I don't think it's a terrible one. Um, but it's something that is a nice addition. But it's not desperately what we need I don't think and I mean we said we've been saying it every week as in the midfield position is might be a bit more important at the moment mm. I mean Nagel said he you know <laughs> signings so hopefully we see a little bit more and I think Neil's kind of made it clear we need additions but yeah I think it's hard to judge in half now like you say but um I think the interesting thing was and you you, you know we saw it on social last week um um Sheridan Sparks spoke to us about him and his time at Mines, and it was on the it was on the pod just gone reviewing the Middlesbrough game. Um, he has had a couple of discipline issues there, but I think if there's any player who's like struggling to find their feet and wants to feel, 
you know, loved a bit. I think Neil Warnock's the right type of player and manager. Mm. Sorry, sorry to get that out of the players. Man, management skills are impeccable. We saw what he did with Karoma last season. Um, someone who, you know, I think Josh Karoma has a lot to, you know, as well as working hard himself, I think he can thank Neil Warnock a lot for getting him that deal, really. I don't think that would have happened without him. So, yeah, no, it's interesting. I think it's just just need options, don't we, Tom? And like we've said it, we said it to death on here. It's great to have the youngsters, and we've got some exciting youngsters. Diara thought had a good game um, on the against Middlesbrough, looked impressive in spells. But it's just, yeah, just I suppose it's better to have uh, people who've who've played a bit more and got a bit more experience to help out the team. So a welcome addition, Justin. I'm not going to ask you to. Tell us, you know, for five minutes about this player because let's be honest, none of us knew anything about him um, before his time for town. But um, I was just going to ask you obviously, you guys on the second tier predicted us to narrowly avoid relegation to finish 21st. Have you seen anything from the signings we've made or how we've played so far that changes your mind, or do you think we're, we're in for a bit of a struggle? It's, it's a weird one before this world because looking at the games in isolation, you've been in every game you've played so far. You know, if you go back to Leicester game, you were undone by a, a, a late goal, some you know individual skill by Mavadidi, and then a mistake by Lee Nichols, which doesn't happen very often. The Plymouth game, you probably should have come away with a draw based on the chances and areas you got into, and then the Middlesbrough game, you're undone by a wonder goal from Hayden Hackney. So there are really fine margins in the games at the moment, um, and that's the disappointing thing, and that's why it might be a struggle for the season but if you add a little bit of quality into that team then I do think Huddersfield can finish higher than 21st because what I'm seeing at the moment I know we're only three games in but there are teams probably in a worse state than Huddersfield which is quite weird saying that based on the summer business so far but Huddersfield with the new ownership with the new structure behind the scenes or newest structure behind the scenes and Neil Warnock at the helm are probably on a slightly upwards more slightly upwards trajectory than the likes of Sheffield Wednesday, QPR. I mean Cardiff is still struggling. Um trying to think of other teams. Rotherham do not have enough quality in their side either. And they're not I don't think they'll have the budget that Huddersfield do, although it might be closer than than, than we might think. So there there are clubs in worse states than, than Huddersfield at the moment and the squad's only going to improve. I think that's the key thing. The squad's only going to get better. You know, Etienne Kamara left. That was a blow, but he lost his place towards the end of last season. Um, and players are only going to come in. You'd expect. So, I don't think it will be a as as much of a struggle it was last season. Although it, it did look more comfortable, um, but I do also think it's going to be a case of let's not get too hasty. If there's a good run of form, because as I say, the the lack of quality has been quite prevalent in the last three games because he played relatively okay, relatively well but just not had that quality to turn the draw um, into a win, turn those, turn those losses into a draw. Mm. And um, sorry to I'll probably put you on the spot here, so apologies, but um, what what type of players do you think Huddersfield need? I, I mean, obviously we, we have our own thoughts, but I'm just interested to, I know you don't cover us in, you know, as, as great detail. You, it's not like you could watch every, every single game in great detail. I mean, let's be honest, like some of us don't, but, uh, what what do you think Huddersfield needs looking from out of it? You talked about that quality. It doesn't have to be a particular player, but just mm-hmm. interested to see um, what you think from a neutral's perspective. I think I'll jump straight into the defence. I think the defence is fine. You've got Matty Pearson and Michael uh, Michael Helic, who are fantastic players at championship level, and then Tom Lees, who's a steady performer. Josh Ruffles had good spells last season. Sober Thomas, if he plays right wing back, has got a lot of quality on the ball. So there's plenty. Plenty of ability if more like opts for a back three. Central midfield is a key area. I don't think Jonathan Hogg is the um, is the man, shall we say, just because he's he's 34, suffered a fair few injury problems in the last couple of years and it needs refreshing in, in the centre of the park. I disagree with Bergzorg. I know his goal record isn't uh, great, having looked at it. It can be better, but Cardiff got promoted under Neil Warnock with Callum Patterson as a top scorer. He scored 10 league goals started 24 games that season, played right back, right mids, central forward, centre forward and centre mid as well. So Neil Warnock teams don't necessarily need a prolific striker. They're expensive. He recognises that. As long as the goals are shared and chances are being created throughout the team, Huddersfield will be fine. So I do think if you just get two additions in the centre midfield, maybe a creative option, a bit like Hungbo, you need someone who's got that ability to change the game very quickly. Um 
and I think Hung Humbo brought that. I don't think you've replaced him quite yet. There's a lot of lot of tenacity, a lot of energy in that in the team at the moment. But players like that add that little bit of zest, a little bit of quality that that makes a, a lemon cake a lemon cake if that make if that makes sense. Lovely finish there. Do you like a lemon cake as well? Yeah, t- no, no, really good point. <laughs> Tom, I don't disagree. Um uh, yeah, I, it's a shame. I know we haven't really talked about it, but I was gutted to see Hungbo uh, leave Watford on a permanent to Nuremberg. Was it Nuremberg he went? I just feel like I would have. I think he did enough for us to, to be in there, really. Mm. Yeah, weird one. Um, it's one of those where you kind of follow up and uh, do you find learning and back out to us for a season? Because, um, yeah, it's a shame, isn't it? But I think just in spot on there, if you've got someone else in like Hungbo, who just adds that bit more, then, yeah, I think we're going to be all right. I mean, I've, I've, I've watched every game and thought, do you know what? Doing all right here. We're, he's got The one thing I'm not worried about at the moment is when a team is on the attack against us. Like a couple of seasons ago, any time the team picked the ball up in our own half, I'd be blooming shitting myself basically <laughs> it's like I'm just relaxed like he's got it set up it's so much more structured it's it's a bit more relaxing it's just it's just ironing out this that classic ironing out those little mistakes it's really interesting right the fixtures how um how fixtures can really get your season going because when you look at who we've got it's a it's a very difficult start we've had um and it's just like you're saying, Justin, you're picking a few teams out there like Cardiff, QPR, Chef Wednesday. It's just a shame we've not got kind of someone like that in that in this first kind of five games. We've just seemed to be dealt a really t- a tough hand, I think. Um, so I just hope that doesn't kind of bite us in the ass. Gone really American there, aren't I? Bite us in the ass. And... Um, and we can't, and like, do you know what I mean? It gets in the heads, and they think that oh, if we if we don't pick up us first win in us next two, kind of thing. I just hope it doesn't really, doesn't really get on the back of the players. Yeah, yeah, no, I'll see. It's clearly clearly been influenced by Kevin Tom. Um, you know, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, um, cool. So yeah, specifically this this game then um, on Saturday, Justin. How do you rate Town's chances heading into this one? I know Norwich have been on fire, but um, yes, Tom touched. As Tom touched on there, um, we have been in games. Do you think Town will be in this one, or do you think Norwich will have too much quality for us and blow us away? It's, it's really hard to say because obviously didn't particularly rate Norwich before the season, but they've overachieved that based on our expectations. Um, but we we know how difficult it is to sustain form in Southampton. Um, Southampton were the team that sort of derailed it a little bit, but that was a bit of a tennis match and a, a, a bit of a go a, a go between, which sort of played into Norwich's hands because the more open the game is, I think the more uh, the more likely Norwich are going to get into that final third and, and get into spaces that are going to hurt opposition. We saw it with Millwall, um, and we saw it in past with Hull as well, who were not quite ready for the, for the game or maybe taking the surprise by uh, taking. Taken by surprise by by Norwich's approach to the press, I think Neil Warnock will set the team up and make it really awkward for for to David Wagner and his Norwich side. I, I think they'll play deep, or I hope they'll play deep, and I hope they'll play play long and play the percentages and and make it a scrappy fixture because it's one of those where if the game's scrappy and the technical players like Gabriel Sara don't get into it, the more it's going to play in Huddersfield's hands. Um, and I think they've got a lot more about them than they did last season because. You'd expect him to have a similar approach to the way, um, a similar approach to the game against Burnley, for example, last season. But they ended up getting panned. Don't think Norwich are anywhere near that level. So I think, I think it'd be a, an ugly game and a difficult watch. Probably not selling the fixture for for you guys, but I think that's the best way of getting a result against this Norwich side, who are just flying. You eliminate those technical players like Sarah and Sergeant and, and Jack Stacey, um, and go man for man and make it horrible and kick and mm. do all the Neil Warnock things that need to be done I think yeah I'd quite fancy a Matty Pearson one nil set piece because I just feel based on their performances deserve deserve an ugly win because they played well not got got anything uh, yet so far this season so don't play particularly well get a scrappy goal take a clean sheet one nil and take it into the next game 
I would certainly like that, Tom. That sounds like music to my ears. And do you? Do you think? Do you? I know you're like I'm not worried because we've got Neil Warnock. Um, I'm guessing you're not worried on Saturday. But um, are you feeling like Town could get a positive too? Yeah, I am. I mean, it's going to be a right battle in it. I really, I do really like that sergeant. I think, I think him and Barnes are like sergeant. He's for. I know he looks like Ralph Wiggum, not Ralph Wiggum. Uh, Flanders kid, what's he called? <laughs> Rod and Todd. Um, but he's he proper gets about, he gets his elbows in people's faces. He's got about him. I, I, I do really like that about him. I think it's kind of he's going to learn a lot from Ashley Barnes being there as well. So I think that'll be the biggest. I, I think Justin's right. I think kind of. I just kind of see Warnock making it about man-to-man battles. And I think the thing that will worry me a bit is um, whether Hellick and Pearson just kind of in that battle with with uh, the big the bigger lads up top, which they, they should do. I mean, that's another thing I really like about us defence at the moment. I, I don't go into games thinking they're going to get bullied by anyone because they're, they're really strong themselves. They, they love a battle. Um, and... Yeah, I'm going back to what I said earlier, Brady. I think um, Neil's Neil's got David's number. He knows what he's going to do. It'll be it's going to be three nil town. <laughs> You've set yourself up for a Hudlin Patrick. Hudlin Patrick. Yeah, all in the last ten minutes. Um, okay, well let's let's come on to the match predictions then. Um, I'm going to jump in first because I'm feeling not. As positive as you, Tom. I think we're going to be in this game, but I just think Jonathan Rowett is in the form of his life, like like Justin was saying earlier, and I just think he's going to score. Um, I'm going to go for another one-all, I think. Um, correct prediction. First one of the season from yours truly, by the way. Um, but yeah, I think one-all. Um, if we score first, I think if they score first, I think it's 2-1. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to go for one-all, and I'm going to go for a man who's got a lot of criticism uh, this season. Um, well, not this season, but last game. Uh, Daniel Carl Ward. Carl, that is maybe Carl or not? I, I'd had this thing with James where he was. Um, <laughs> I corrected him, and I can't remember which one's right because he was chanting it. And I think <laughs> it's we're gonna, someone. I'll have to. Go, I'll Google it while you're talking. Tom, what's your match prediction? I um. All right, maybe 3-0 was a bit crazy to think that. But I do think Town will win this game and I think it'll be a 2-1 win. And uh, I think the goals will be scored by um, Jonathan, Xavier, Hogg and um, <laughs> let's go with... Um, oh, let's, you know what? He's, he's got his chin up and he's... He's looking a bit more exciting. Let's go for Sauber Thomas to get a goal. Nice, nice. Uh, it is Daniel Carl Ward. James was saying Daniel Mark Ward. I think at the cricket, which is even more confusing. So there you go. Um, <laughs> Justin, what's your prediction for this one? I I mean, if anyone tunes into the second tier, they will know that my predictions are utterly useless. Um, <laughs> there's no mistaking that. So... It, I mean, it depends how you want me to side with this. If you want Huddersfield to win, then I'll predict a Norwich. I'll predict a Norwich win. Yeah, um, that's interesting. That's certainly that's <laughs> certainly where that's certainly where the head's lining up, isn't it? I mean, the logical choice is Norwich, but the Championship is illogical. Um, the Championship is illogical. I I do fancy a win in a clean sheet for Norwich uh, for, for Huddersfield. Sorry, I think Lee Nichols will be man in the match because I think Norwich will pepper will pepper you with shots, and I think Gabriel. Uh, if Norwich are going to pick up result. It's going to be from a Gabriel Sara worldy because that's what he's capable of doing. Um, but I do fancy Huddersfield. I fancy Karoma to to get on a score sheet, and I fancy a Matty Pearson from a set piece because I mean Sorba Thomas's delivery sorry caused problems for Middlesbrough at the weekend, mm. albeit not quite scoring directly from a corner. But I would claim it if I was doing if I was taking that. So yeah, I think he's going to cause issues and. Uh, from, from his set of pieces, and I, I just Matty Pearson will head anything, won't he? So it, it, he's gonna he's gonna get on the end of one. Absolutely. Well, Justin, I feel like you're uh, butter and town fans up here. It's probably because you know we're about to move on to the mailbag. You've got mail. 
Justin, I know you guys on the Sangatir got a lot of flat last season for telling us we were rubbish. We can say we're rubbish, you can't. Um, but you'll be pleased <laughs> to hear that um, our questions this week, everyone is, you know, um, there's not not a lot of criticism here. So uh, yeah, I think you, I think you've done well. Maybe it's a new season, you know. Maybe everyone's just chilled out a bit. Maybe you're not the thing we can get annoyed with. You know, but maybe that will come later in the season. Who knows? Um, we'll go with the first question, which is from. Guy Bradley, he says, um, this is just one for everyone, really. I, I don't know why. Um, we're a little light on questions as well. But he says, did Norwich know they were stitching us up with Alex Pritchard? Um, <laughs> I wanted to, to bring this up is because he's doing really well at Sunderland. But um, I don't know how true this is, but this is what I was told at the time. Um, apparently, we were interested in Madison and it was two million more for him. And we I heard not. that as well, Brady. Yeah, and we went with Alex Pritchard rather than James Madison. And uh, well, I I heard we actually went for both of them, but it was the the Madison price tag was just way too much for for us um, at the time. But you kind of yeah, prem money in it. Prem prem money should have talked at that moment in time, really. To be honest. Um, it, it's, a, it's a shame he didn't come 12 months later because you're just throwing money at just yeah. about anyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah when you look throw... at how much, bloody hell, yeah. yeah. If you're going to throw money at signings, you, you throw it maybe not on Pritchard, but in hindsight. But he was a young up and coming player at that point. Obviously, Madison, young up and coming player at that point. But then obviously there's this you know disaster signings of Mbenza and Dick Harvey, yeah. for example, to to point to out. Um, yeah, that was a that was a rough couple of years window wise, and one you can look back and think maybe laugh or maybe not. I don't know where I'm not. I'm not Huddersfield <laughs> fan, so I don't know whether I can or not. <laughs> I think I, I I'm at the point of laughing now because it does feel a little bit away, but it it's just like I swear we're the only team that like parachute payments meant nothing to us like, yeah. like every other team was like but yeah I don't know um, either Pritchard I don't know if this was just a rumour so is he gonna is he potentially leaving Sunderland I read a similar similar story I think it would be daft but they've got a lot of technical quality in that final third mm. and it seems to going with a younger group of players but Pritchard's form last season was really really good it just depends whether or not he's worth the budget they're spending on him times the amount of minutes he's going to play this season I think that's what it's going to come down to because they are a frugal club now Sunderland are not going to have baggage and they signed to sign Bradley Dack who's a bit more versatile than Pritchard so I won't be surprised if he leaves coincidentally or sort of comically ironic is he's the ideal player that Huddersfield probably <laughs> need at the moment um, but he's not probably not going to return to the club anytime soon probably not oh no I quite like that we haven't had a good old Twitter meltdown in a while yeah before, so um, yeah no <laughs> I was just going to say the same thing Justin if you looked at that if he hadn't played for us you'd look at that and be like oh fringe player team that. challenging yeah yeah mm. <laughs> Um, there we go. I got a lot more out of that than I was thinking as well. So thank you very much, boys. Um, Josh Hellowell, this is specifically for you, Justin. He asks, uh, could Justin explain why he hates the people of Huddersfield? However, could he give his view through the means of interpretive dance? Otherwise, I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame it's a podcast, isn't it? Because I would do it. That's the thing. I would do it. It's, it's, He's it's doing it right now. He's doing it right now. It's incredible. <laughs> It is, yeah. I mean, maybe not through interpretive dance, maybe through comedy. I don't know. It's just too northern for me. That's what it is. I'm from the Midlands. So that's, that's where the country stops, isn't it? Um, but just, you don't like, I know you get this a lot, but you don't actually hate Huddersfield. Because, I mean, you come on this podcast no. enough, you must clearly not hate Huddersfield. Well, I might have my reserved judgments on you guys. No, just kidding. Well, just kidding. <laughs> no, it's, it's, the, the, what it comes down to is it's clubs that are trending downwards. We naturally will criticise them. And therefore, I think from a if you support a football club that's being criticised on a weekly basis, you're going to assume you've got a certain <laughs> dislike. I mean, we once disliked um, 
I'm trying to think of a club now, not Luton. That's a bad example because they've been an upward trajectory. Um, but there are plenty of examples. You look at Birmingham City last season, who were a nightmare football club to comment on because they're an incredibly passionate fan base, Birmingham City fans. But the club was an absolute horror show. The ground was rubble. It was riddled with debt. Who's going to buy a football club like that? Thankfully, Tom Wagner's come in and, and bought the football club and it's on the up. Um, and we're speaking positively about them. It's just, it's how the clubs are run compared to your form. That's that's what it's down to. Um, if you're playing crap, we're going to tell, we're going to say you're playing crap and Huddersfield for two thirds of last season played crap. Simple as that. Yeah, you're not wrong. I don't know though, maybe it's something over at the second tier because I remember I wrote that uh, article for you about um, uh, World Cup squad. Or, no, Euro <laughs> squad. You're on yeah. the big... Uh, uh, players from the championship, and I remember a Watford fan basically sent me a death threat because I didn't put Will Hughes in starting eleven. <laughs> you, muddied, you muddied your reputation by joining the second tier for a uh, for a cameo. What <laughs> reputation, Justin? What <laughs> reputation? Um, which is probably a good time to end before I say something silly and do ruin that very very small reputation. So um, we'll end it there. So thanks to uh, Tom and Justin for coming on. Thanks to you, listener, for tuning in as always. And thanks to Magic Rock, who sponsored the podcast. As we touched on earlier, we will be back to preview the next game. Hopefully, we'll be able to talk about first win of the season. Okay, and we'll leave it there. Ta ta for now, and up the town. To town play up. Bring the car back to Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.